If you are watching this on YouTube or listening to this podcast, wherever you are today, please hit that subscribe button, that follow button, so that you can stay current on the material that we are providing. But not only that, you then help us to spread the word to more people. You are vital in this mission to reaching our world of people just like you who are living in this nightmare. Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. You did that on purpose. Today, we are talking about the hurt feelings of a covert narcissist. I've worked with kids most of my life in different capacities. And one of the things that bothers me the most is when a kid says they did this on purpose. So let's imagine you've got one kid who's just not paying attention, swinging their arms around in a room and accidentally hits another kid. There was no ill intent. The child just wasn't paying attention. But the one who got hit comes running to the teacher, tears on the face, going, they did that on purpose. I hate that phrase. You know, I've even had scenarios where I asked the one who says this to me, well, did they apologize? No, they didn't even apologize. They didn't even say they were sorry. And the first child insists that they did. You see, the ones swinging their arms, they do need to pay more attention. They need to be more careful. This is true. But that's not the bigger problem here. The second child is so convinced that this other child is out to get them, has hurt them on purpose, and they refuse to accept an apology. Even as this continues to play out, no matter how many times the first child apologizes, the second one just will not hear it. They are convinced that they meant to do it. They are closed off to reconciliation. Over the years, I've watched this happen with, with, you know, different scenarios. And time after time, this has happened with kids who had no ill will, no intent to hurt anybody around them. Yet they are the ones having to go make things right which, okay, they shouldn't have been swinging their arms around, but they have to go overboard to try to reconcile with someone who just refuses to cooperate. This is what it's like living with a covert narcissist, except this is now an adult still behaving like that child. They are convinced that you hurt them on purpose, and they refuse to allow any reconciliation. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. Over and over in my world with my husband, I was made to feel like I was just some horrible and mean person. Clearly, I was self-centered and inconsiderate, apparently, because I just didn't get it. That or I was, I was ignorant and didn't care about his feelings. I must not have had any recognition of what was going on. And I was made to feel this way over and over. I've always thought of myself as a caring person. I've always, you know, gone overboard to try to be considerate and to be giving and generous with my time and my energy. I do believe that I'm sensitive to other people's feelings. But apparently, I was not this way with my husband, at least not according to him. But was I? What really happened in this 21-year marriage? Looking back on all of those years, all of the times that turned into problems, all of the times that he accused me of hurting him and treating him so badly, all of the times that my self-reflection kicked in 
my desire to be a good person kicked into high gear and I went overboard trying to reconcile. You see, when I believe that I have hurt someone, when I'm afraid that I've hurt someone, my system goes haywire. I cannot stand the thought that somebody is mad at me, that someone is upset with me, that I've hurt somebody. My stomach turns inside out. The thought of food will just send me spiraling, you know, and my heart just tries to pound out of my chest. I have no doubt that if someone took my blood pressure right then, it would be off the charts. Tension swells up in the back of my neck. And, you know, if you picture these cartoons where, where you see this character turning into ice and turning into wood and it's just creeping up their body, that's how it feels to me when I have hurt somebody. I can't stand it. My mind goes into, like, overdrive. What did I do? What did I say? What, what words did I use? What, you know, what could I have said better? Please don't tell me that I did something wrong here to hurt somebody. And my mind kind of panics, and it panics to the point that it's really hard to see reality. What I cannot see is that maybe this was not my fault. Maybe I'm not the one to blame. Maybe I'm allowed to be less than perfect. Maybe I'm allowed to say something that I could have said better. That is so hard to see in that moment because of the intense self-reflection. Now imagine this internal environment within me and I'm married to a covert narcissist. That is the perfect storm. This is someone who loves to blame everything on everyone else. Nothing is ever their fault. I was the perfect live-in target because I would take it all. It was instant for me to kick in what did I do wrong. So I was always available as the target. This is someone who is so hypersensitive to any and every comment, look, or gesture, and constantly looking for any reason to be offended. This is someone who has no boundary for how they express themselves to you. No consideration of your feelings. Okay, a covert narcissist does not consider when they're talking to you that maybe they need to be a little gentle with their words so that they don't hurt your feelings while trying to resolve a conflict. No, this is a free pass for them because they've been hurt by you to say things however they choose. What did I do on purpose? I loved him on purpose. I cared for him on purpose. I noticed his feelings on purpose. That's what I did. I worked hard to include him in my life and in a relationship with his boys, and I did that on purpose. I was extremely intentional about caring for him, his feelings, and the relationships within our family. I know that I approached this marriage and held this marriage with care and compassion. So let me give you some examples. When I went out in the backyard to throw a football with our boys, while he was upstairs, typically playing games, video games on the Xbox, his phone, laptop, whatever, I was not going out in the backyard to hurt him. I was not going out there to spite him or to leave him out. But that's what I got accused of. I was simply playing football with our boys. Why? Because I enjoy that. 
he used it against me, saying that I was leaving him out on purpose. I'll give you another example is when we went to a swimming pool before he got home from work. And I didn't want to leave him out. In fact, this on purpose to not leave him out. I called him offering to bring his suit, his swimming suit with me so that, you know, when he got off work, he didn't have to go home and get it. He could just come to the swimming pool. Well, this offended him because now apparently I was going to the swimming pool without him on purpose. You see, the boys, they always wanted to stay longer than he did. So if we went early, then we would all be ready to leave at the same time and we could go have dinner at the same time. This was what was going on in my head. But now all of a sudden I'm being accused and blamed and he's mad at me because I've hurt his feelings. I was being considerate and helpful. I wasn't being mean here. I wasn't being spiteful here. And I now know that this is true. I was told that taking the boys to Sonic was a personal attack at him that I was intentionally leaving him out and doing all the fun things with our boys when he wasn't around. The random times that I took our boys to Sonic had nothing to do with him. It wasn't about him. Not to mention he doesn't even like Sonics, but our boys do. So I certainly would take them, but it wasn't to leave him out. There was no ill intent here. And I know that this is true. I can go on and on of all the things that were used against me, asking my son to help empty the dishwasher, thanking him for the hot chocolate, but clearly not being thankful enough, not being able to talk right then on the phone, or when I accidentally stepped on his foot, when I accidentally woke him up because I dropped something in the bathroom. The list goes on and on. I don't need to share it all with you because you already know if you're living this life, you have your own list. But listen, I am not a mean and insensitive person. I know that. It's not me. I am sensitive to the feelings of other people, and I genuinely care. In fact, I was being overly sensitive to his feelings. Again, this is part of what keeps us so hooked here. I worked extra hard to not upset him. Now, let me address something here. I don't want perfect. I'm not perfect. Yes, I hurt other people's feelings. I know that. It does happen because I'm human. But when I realize it, I fix it. I apologize. Why? Because I care. The beauty that I am embracing now is how this plays out in my relationship with myself, my relationship with my boys, and in fact, their relationship with each other. We have a level of trust with each other that is amazing. We know that we are all here for each other, that we have each other's back. We know that there's no ill intent amongst us and we trust the goodness in each other's hearts. So now when somebody does get their feelings hurt, you don't hear that phrase, you did that on purpose. Sure, we get upset with each other, this is normal. We might even get a bit snippy, you know, every now and then. Again, this is normal. But when things go wrong, we fall back on that trust that we have with each other. We are able to put the defensiveness down and trust each other's intentions. I'll give you an example that happened just recently. My younger son, he's uh, in college out of state, and he called me one day, but I was in the middle of something. And so I answered the phone, but I said, hey, I I can't talk right now. Can I call you back in a little bit? He said, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm walking. I've got about 20 minutes. Okay, great. So I went back into what I was doing, but I got wrapped up in what I was doing. And I totally forgot to call him back. 
spaced it completely. And he reached out, and about 15 minutes later, he reached out by text and said, you know, hey, are you still okay to talk? Oh, my gosh, I completely forgot. I grabbed the phone, and I called him, and he answered, and I said, hey, I'm so sorry. I got busy in my day, and I just totally forgot. I felt really bad about this. This was one of those moments that kicked my system into overdrive. But his words touched my heart. He said, Mom, relax. It's okay. He said, I know you. You didn't mean to. You didn't do this, you know, on purpose. He said, it's okay. You're human. I love that kind of response and the relationship I now have with my boys. They give that same space now to each other, a space that they were never allowed to have while they were growing up, but it's a space to be human and less than perfect, a space to make mistakes and to be forgiven, a space to speak from your heart and not overthink everything anymore. What I'm talking about here is trust. Trusting myself and being able to trust others. These two things go hand in hand. I trust myself now that I am a kind and caring person. I don't have to overthink everything. I don't have to overanalyze everything. I don't have to play through a hundred different ways to say something. I can trust myself to just talk. And in trusting myself, I'm now able to give myself the space to be human, less than perfect. I don't always have the perfect thing to say, and that's fine. I do sometimes say things that get mixed up or say things that come out wrong that hurt somebody's feelings, but I trust my intentions. I was raised to expect perfection from myself, never allowed to say the wrong thing, always judged for every word, thought, or action. And clearly, this set me up well for a relationship with a covert narcissist. But perfection is not what we're after. I've talked about it before. I just want normal. So I've learned, I learned as a kid I couldn't trust myself, but I've learned now that I can. It is so incredibly freeing to know that I can make mistakes. I can say things I could have said better. When I was in my 20s, I went to a counselor for a while and just kind of to help make sense out of life. I remember one day when I walked into her office and I sat down and I said, hey, I've come to a conclusion here. She said, okay, what's up? I said, I'm so tired of worrying about everyone else's opinions. I think everyone else can just go jump in a lake. If they don't like who I am, that's on them. She smiled and laughed and said, you've figured it out. You don't need me anymore. You quit wasting your money and go live your life that way. Now, of course, I did keep talking with her. And clearly it didn't sink in because that was before my marriage with a covert narcissist where I jumped right back into that lake. But now, no, now I trust myself. I trust the compassion. If you are living life with a covert narcissist, you have been made to doubt who you are, to doubt your character and your sense of self. No one gets to take this away from you. You get to be you. You get to claim your own sense of self. So analyze that. Think about it. Look at it. But look at it from your perspective. Getting to know yourself is the toughest journey in life. And doing it with a covert narcissist, that's impossible. If you are struggling with your sense of self, reach out for help. The best help is simply to jumpstart you on a journey of your own. This is a journey of a lifetime. One day, you will walk into that help, that person that is helping you, and you will declare that the world can just go jump in a lake. It is that day that you begin the discovery of who you are. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. 
You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. The information provided by Renee Swanson and the Covert Narcissism Podcast is for educational purposes only and is not to be used for diagnosis purposes and not intended to be a substitute for clinical care. Please consult a healthcare provider for guidance specific to your case. This material discusses narcissism in general. It does not claim that any specific person has narcissism and should not be used to refer to any specific person as having narcissism. Permission is not granted to link to or repost this material to support an allegation or a claim that any specific person is a narcissist. That would be an unauthorized misuse of the material and information provided.